PH presents Movies That Matter. What's up, everybody? It's me, it's me, it's the J-A-T-double-B. As always, I'm with my co-host. Superstar James Starring. Guy that makes the ladies scream until they cream. Yep. No creaming, no justice. <laughs> uh, we are back. We did not have the episode last week. I apologize to everyone who's looking forward to one. We just had a lot going on personally, professionally. Um, Jamie, Jamie had some business to attend to. Mm-hmm. I'll let you get into that if you want to. I moved into a new apartment, so I was kind of busy. Mid, I mean, you moved during, you moved mid-COVID, mid-Civil uh, War Two. Yeah. Literally, the world is shutting down around me and I'm packing up boxes. Moving. Yeah, like it's, it's nothing. So, you know, for everybody out there who's worried about COVID, you know, Buck is moving during it. So, I yep. wouldn't want too much. Still living my life. I helped a girl move. Kind of when like COVID started, like and nobody was on the streets, that nothing was happening, it was barren. Yeah, it's been a wild week, huh? Yeah, wild, it's, cra- it's, it's crazy now. Yeah, everything's crazy out there, you know, with the uh, with all the protests and the police. I had to board one of my restaurants up. One of my restaurants is at, across the street from a police station, and thousands of protesters came through and then everybody like kicked our windows in and shot our windows out and all kinds of shit. So I had to like board my restaurant up with plywood. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a wild weekend in downtown Denver. <laughs> yeah. So Jamie was dealing with that. And then by the time he stuff had settled down and he was able to do a show, I was in the, that's when I like had to move. So yeah. It's- Timing, it just didn't work out for us, but we are back. We should be good now. I mean, God knows what the world's going to be like next week. Yeah, there's radioactive fires at Chernobyl right now. So They, you know, had, like, they had like 12 earthquakes at Yosemite. I know. That's right up That's right up the hill from me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just everything is just shutting down, man. Murder hornets. Uh, they're, murdering, they're murdering people on live television right now. Yeah, I've I've chosen this time where, like, the world is just setting itself on fire and everybody hates each other and everyone is trying to make the world a better place. I've chosen this time to take up golf. Smart. Yeah, so I'm just outside every day just with, like, two or three friends and that's it. I don't even talk talk to anybody else. It's a self-battle, golf is. You know, you're... You're out there and you're playing against the terrain and it's it's you against you. Um, you don't have to worry about anybody treating you different or talking to you about how you're living your life, anything like that. Yeah, it's just you. What, what do they say? The toughest part of golf is the six inches between your ears or something? Yeah, it is. It's you against the terrain. You against you, dude. Yeah, so, um, so I've been enjoying it, but you just have to – that would be my advice to everybody out there, man. Don't get so consumed with what everyone else is doing and just do what's best for you. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, you only live once, man. I don't know why you would want to spend your life 
so concerned about what someone else is doing or thinking or acting. Yeah, you only live once. You only get one spin around the sun. And, you know, not to get too much into it, but odds are when you're dead, you're dead. I mean, I feel like dying's about like it was before you were born, you know. So I wouldn't really waste this life. And if you want to spend it out in the middle of the streets and running hard and protesting and doing, you know, standing up for what you believe in, then then do so, you know. Just, just make sure that that you do it in a way that you can – you know, you can lead people and not, you know, bring people down. Um, and if you want to play golf, do it. If you want to go to Easter Island and study the statues from Lost, you you better do it because you get one spin around the sun. That's actually a good way to spend it. I know. It's a real good way to spend it because I still haven't figured out those statues. No. We actually <laughs> – I'm glad you brought up Lost because Jacob's in this movie we're covering. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I'm a huge component of everyone doing what makes them happy and everyone, whatever it is, man, if you are scared to death of COVID and you want to stay inside your house, do it, man. It's literally, we don't live in a better time for you to be able to not even leave your apartment. Yeah. Um, You can, you can make a living from your living room. Yeah. You can work from home. You can get groceries ordered. You can get food ordered. You can get anything you need for your apartment ordered on Amazon. Like, if that's your main concern, man, don't leave. Whatever, yeah, don't whatever leave. makes you happy. If you are concerned with what's going on in America, go protest, man. More power to you. If uh, absolutely, if uh, you you feel like you want to make a difference, I mean, I would just challenge some of you to really think about what you're doing, like uh, how you approach people, because so, some of the stuff I've seen is not the best way to get someone to change their mind. No, and that always goes for, remember, that goes for both sides of the fence. I'm not picking sides in this. Abs- absolutely. And everybody needs to realize, you know, that legislation can change overnight, but ideology takes decades, uh, maybe even centuries to change. So like if you're gonna if you're gonna try and, and make this happen, you need to do it the you need to do it the right way. You need to really think it through and get out there and get after it. I'm all for it. Yeah, just do what makes you happy, man. And, you know, the best way to affect people is really just, like, live your life and project your views and, your and, and like, how you handle yourself in your life. And people will see that. You don't have to scream in people's faces. And Yeah, something I've been very good at. Yeah, I mean, you look at Jamie, and he's a walking uh, example on how to live your life. Absolutely. And like, it's like I said in that text message that one day, you know, like, I don't have a lot of time to worry about, you know, I'm, I'm damn near 40. I don't have a lot of time to worry about what's going on out there. You know, like I can't be mad about, I don't don't have a lot of time to be mad. You know, I got a few good years left in the tank. I want to drink some beers, you know, court some chicks, you know, maybe uh, bed a few chicks, a few more and, you know, work, work hard. And, and that's about it, you know, like, haul some ass and then be done with it, you know? Yeah, get some digits and do's. Yeah, it's all about digits and do's, you know, ride around cranking the tunes. And, and uh, you know, if I can help anybody along their journey or support them and teach them and guide them in certain ways, you know, all my kids are, all my employees are running around like crazy. I'm just telling them, hey, you know, are, you know, I'm helping them all register, how to vote, that kind of thing. So I'm doing my part. Yeah, I think I'm just going to start um... – 
acting like ref at that charity event and just telling everyone they're the best. And yeah. Everyone that, wins. Yeah. That's, um, that might be where it all started. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I mean, not, not to get too political, but it was a, it was one young African American kid and one young, uh, uh, white kid. Yeah. And well, everybody wins. They were both winners. Yeah. It could have been. And then came the Dudley boys, you yeah. know, an APA. Yep. So who knows, man? But uh, yeah, speaking of rip, our movie yep. this this week is the great and powerful No Holds Barred from 1989. This movie uh-huh. actually came out in theaters June second, 1989, a day before my seventh birthday. Incredible. Yeah, and um, it's a uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Didn't it beat Back to the Future too? And in theaters no it was it was uh it's opening weekend it was number two in the theaters it just got beat by um indiana jones and the last crusade oh oh it barely lost to that whatever yeah. but um yeah this i mean an amazing movie um it's on amazon prime i suggest everyone goes and watches it um hopefully they watch it after that Roadkill interview. Yeah, we, we talked about it. Two weeks to watch it. I watched it three times mm-hmm. since we haven't been able to do an episode. So and I, I've been moving. Yeah. So um, I mean, I if hope... you can't watch it, listen to it. You know what I mean? Put it on your phone and just listen to it. Yeah, because there's enough visual noises in this movie. Trust me. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's uh, basically an hour and twenty eight minutes of people screaming. Yeah, grunting, <laughs> moaning. Um, <laughs> laughing hilariously yeah it is it is incredible all you really need to know about this movie it was it was made by wwf and it also stars hulk hogan and it also um was written by a screenwriter and when vince mcmahon and hulk hogan read the script they um did not like the first draft so Hogan and Vince McMahon checked into a hotel in Reddington Beach, Florida, and stayed up for 72 hours and rewrote the whole movie. And now we have history, because it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, I don't know what what you take to stay up for 72 hours. I mean, I do. Whatever's in there, whatever was in their fanny packs. <laughs> uh, whatever Hogan was taking during production of this movie, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, thank God they did it because it is a masterpiece. A masterpiece. And it goes to show you what Booger Sugar might do for somebody. Yeah, if you're having trouble with that first draft of a script, get, get, yeah. you, get you a little bit of that Booger Sugar. Get you a little bit of that Booger Sugar, yeah. you know, just get after it, you know, snort a few hog legs. Yeah, just stay up for a couple of days and get it done. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome movie. We'll get right into it. Um. It opens with uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, I think both of our favorite announcers of all time. Of all time, easily. Yeah, and uh, he's with me and Gene Okerlund, a living, a le- well, not living now, rest in peace, but uh, a legend. And, uh, <laughs> it, uh, they are at a wrestling event. Um, Rip is coming out. Rip is, Hulk Hogan plays Rip, who is the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, and he's oh, in, I mean, amazing, incredible. Yeah, and, and he's he's uh he just keeps yelling rip them over and over. 
and he when he's coming out, he goes, "Come on, Randy, let's go, Charlie." Yeah. So he's got <laughs> Roku just turned itself on. I didn't. <laughs> oh, damn it, man! There it's... might be some audio issues. If... Uh, but yeah, Skynet's but... happening now. Yeah, I don't know. On top of everything, Skynet went live. <laughs> Roku just restarted <laughs> on its own. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Hogan's. Well, Rip's coming out with, with Randy, who is his little brother. He uh, The same actor who played Jacob on Lost, for those Lost fans out there. Yeah, incredible. Um, and his trainer, Charlie. Um, and they are getting ready to face Jake Bullet. Yeah, a.k.a. Bill Eadie. Yep, who... Demolition. Most famously known as Demolition Axe from one of the greatest tag teams of all time, Demolition. Yeah, he has, he has no face paint here, and uh, he's playing. Isn't it? Aren't his eye? Doesn't he have like eyeshadow? Uh, he might have eyeshadow. He has like his hair is like super spiked. It's like a fro. Yeah, like eyeshadow and fro. He looks jacked. Yeah, I mean, this is '89. Demolition was huge. You know, they were in that feud with Heart Foundation, and you know, yeah, and they uh, they have this match and. Uh, the best part of the match was Jake Bullet puts Rip in a, a sleeper hold. For those of you who don't watch wrestling, I assume most of you do. Sleeper yeah. hold is just a choke that puts the other guy to sleep. Me and yeah. me and Jeff, I actually demonstrated this. I did a how-to speech in college on how to apply a correct sleeper hold. You did. Um, but um, A lot of people learn from that, too. A lot of people change a lot of lives. Yeah, I almost killed a kid when I demonstrated. Well, I mean, um, you know, that's on him. But yeah, so Rip is in the sleeper hold, and Mean Gene just goes, uh, "No one has ever escaped from this hold." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think if you've ever watched wrestling on a nightly basis, people escape from a sleeper hold. Yeah, I mean, back in the '80s, it was a little different. A sleeper hold was a way to slow the match down. As of what you know, as some people had, you know, Million Dollar Dream, Piper did a sleeper hold, so. Yeah, I just found that really hilarious. But um, uh, Rip actually hulks up here. You know, in the 80s, Hulk Hogan was famous for hulking up where he would be almost defeated and kind of like amp himself up. Yeah, the old, the comeback. Yeah, so he, he hulks up here and he gets a double axe hammer for the finish. That's his finisher in this movie is a double axe hammer. Yeah, it's, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, Mr. Brell, who is the villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, basically Eric Bischoff. Yeah. I can hold on. I can hear protesters out my window. How crazy is that? <laughs> but um, where, where I'm at right now, they're not. I've moved. If I wouldn't have moved, I would have literally been a block away from where they were like shooting tear gas and like I wouldn't have been able to live. I wouldn't have been able to yeah. stay where I was staying. That's crazy. But yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Mr. Braille is watching this match with like 30, I'm guessing, like television executives. Yeah, it's more like trying to figure out ratings and why they're so rated low. Like their network is rated low. It's the World Television Network. Yeah, what a wonder who came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much booger sugar it took to come up with World Television Network. But, <laughs> yeah, that's who Mr. Braille works for, and he's tired of getting beat by this other network which owns Hogan or Rip yeah, and uh, has a contract with Rip. Yeah, so he says he wants this jock ass on his network. Yeah, I have jock ass written in all caps 
with stars around it because the way the way he says jockass is incredible and yeah um he uses it so many times oh yeah he calls everybody jockasses i actually he used it so many times that while i was watching this movie i was like um and i don't recommend anyone do this because it went down a wrong path but I was like, dude, was, in the 80s, was jock ass a regular term that you used against athletes? <laughs> and so I Googled what jock ass, like the meaning of jock ass. What is the meaning of jock ass? First of all, when you, ju- when you Google jock ass, about 90% of what comes up is gay pornography. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> I actually yeah, think I can the- see that. The first, I think the first thing that comes, like the very top thing that comes up is a video called uh, Tyler's Bubble Butt Jockass. Or, <laughs> what is it? Tyler's White Bubble Butt Jockass makes my black dick his hole. <laughs> so, I don't that is Googling jockass. Um, yeah, I would. I don't, this is not what that movie's about. No, not at all. I mean, I don't think that's what he had in mind when he called Hogan a jockass, but I'm not sure. He never know about stretched buttholes. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. There's also, luckily, there's also an urban dictionary for it, and it's, it defines it as a well known athlete who repeatedly makes bad decisions. So I don't know. Rip is a, that kind of person, but, um, Uh, yeah, I don't think there, I mean, yeah. So yeah, so the next day after this match, there we we go to see the World Television Network offices, and Braille's having a meeting, and he wants everyone to come up with ideas on how to beat Rip and how to beat the other networks. Braille is <laughs> staring into a like a bus, like a like a, a statue of his own face as he's talking to people. Yeah, and he's talking about ratings, and yeah, he's only been in charge for a few months. He yeah. wants to, he wants to change things and he calls on Miss Tidings and um Miss Tidings great brilliant idea is to come up with a new high concept sitcom <laughs> to to which Brell replies <laughs> uh Miss Tidings go take a leak. Yeah, he definitely says go take a leak. And then he say yeah. uh, spare me your mealy mouth. Yeah. Which... He I mean imagine in 2020, if an executive looked at a lady and said, go take a <laughs> yeah. If you're in this meeting that determines the future of the company's ratings, yeah. and you come up with an your idea. Your new boss just told you to go piss off. Yeah, in front of everybody, you come up with an idea, and your boss looks you straight in the face and says, go take a leak. Which, to be fair, it was a terrible idea. It was the worst idea I've ever heard. She was well, trying to compare well, Saquon Broadway, to rip him, So Broadway, his, his stooge... It has an idea next of a game show. Yeah, which would have killed for Destroyer. Yeah, would have, yeah. But, if Destroyer was was there, it would have been top notch and yeah, it's very successful. Yeah, but Brill hates all these ideas. He wants Rip, so um, Rip shows up for a business meeting there at the office. Do you want to describe what Rip <laughs> decides to wear to a business? Which, by the way, we find out later. It's a full day of meetings. Yeah, it's a full day of meetings. And he wa- Rip walks in, and this is a business meeting that defines, like, it could define your future, your career. Like, 
Yeah, he's thinking about switching networks, which for some reason the eighties networks owned wrestlers. They owned wrestlers and you know, this is basically the Monday Night Wars before it got started. Like basically Rip is thinking about leaving WWF and going to WCW. Right. And he's wearing was he was wearing snakeskin boots. Incredible. The baddest cowboy boots I've ever seen in my life. Still have not been able to find me a good pair of snake skins. I got one pair. They they don't fit as well. I need to get them re, re, resold and stretched a little. But I don't know. Do you have snake skins? No. I only have one pair of cowboy boots. I have four are, now. They're pillow, they're pillow soles, but they're just regular leather. Uh, yeah, I have four pairs now. I, uh. I wouldn't mind a pair of gator. I have a pair of gators. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, last time I wore my cowboy boots out, I lost my shirt, and I had to come home. I guess, I don't re- remember the ride home, but I guess I rode home in an Uber without a shirt. <laughs> uh, I would love to buy more boots. The problem is I never wear jeans because I live in South Florida. Yeah, I just wear jeans. Uh, Every day I go to work, I wear boots and jeans and just make a statement. Yeah, that's awesome. But anyway, what we were, ta- we were talking about is outfit, right? Yeah. Is it the black and red spandex? Yeah. Yeah, The I mean, first of all, snakeskin boots, black spandex pants. Like, like workout yoga pants, like what girls wear now. Yeah, like I'm not really sure what you even call these pants, but – I thought they might have been pajamas, but they're like workout spandex pants tucked into his snakeskin boots with a black spandex shirt, sleeveless shirt with a red like V. Yeah, it's kind of like, ch- like a basketball jersey type tank top, like with a wider yeah. shoulder. With wider shoulders and then, a, uh, then his headband. Yeah, which is also spandex. Yeah, spandex headband with a with he's got he's completely clean shaven with a Fu Manchu, the Hogan Fu Manchu, and he walks in wearing that to a business meeting. I'm gonna be honest with you, which, which by the way, he's also wearing a workout belt around his waist. Yeah, he's wearing a, which is red, bright red, and he's wearing workout gloves that are red and black. Yeah, he's in like full, fingerless gloves, full attire, and those weight belts, you know. I, honestly, after that, I might buy a weight belt and just start wearing it around. Yeah, dude. Because was... I mean, this is an amazing outfit, especially for a business meeting. A business meeting. And I'm going to be honest with you, I would have done the same thing Brill did. Yeah, I would have handed him a blank check. Yeah. So basically, you know, he offers Rip. He's like, I want you to come to that work. Rip's like, no, thank you. Like, Rip's the most polite guy of all time. He's like, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah, he's saying yes, sir. He's being very honest, and yeah, he's got a deal, and he he uh, gets up to leave, and Braille offers him a blank check, tells him to fill it out, whatever he wants, and he says no, thank you again, and then Braille like stops him and goes, "Are you trying to tell me my money isn't good enough for you, jock ass?" <laughs> he shoves and, him uh, a little bit. Yeah, and this is at the point where Rip, you can see he's getting a little upset, but he goes back over the check and he picks it up and he starts laughing which makes like Brell and his stooges start laughing and his laugh is maniacal yeah it like starts really slow and then it picks up and then everyone's dying laughing for no reason and then Rip just 
like grabs Brell and starts breathing real heavy and just shoves the chain down his mouth and just says, I won't be here when this clears. <laughs> he goes, I won't be around when this check clears. Yeah. Like, and then he insinuates he, he he's going to shit yeah. it out. He stares at the Stooges and then he gives the rip them signal right before he leaves the door, which he does this throughout the movie. But um, do you want to explain? This is something that's very special to me and you is this rip them. Yeah. It is. It's the honestly, it's the the only way to ever say goodbye to anyone. Uh, when you leave, when you enter a room, when you do anything. So what do you what would you call the regular symbol? The the it's like the hang ten thing. Hang loose. So yeah. your pinky finger is out. Your thumb is up. You're doing the hang loose. Your the three your index bird and whatever that other finger is pointer. Your pointer finger. Well, no, your index finger is your pointer finger, right? Oh and then, yeah. Then you the have third, your, oh your ring finger. Yeah, your ring finger. Yeah, I mean, duh, idiots out there. Uh, Jamie and Buck, um, anatomist. Me, me and Jamie are never going to get married to any any female, so we're not. We don't know what a ring finger is. Yeah, sorry, but we do know more about anatomy than you, so you're welcome <laughs> for learning. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a hand. <laughs> but you do the hang loose, but you take your pointer finger or index finger, and you move it forward where the knuckle protrudes out further than the other two so not, you're doing a hang loose with your pointer finger sticking out as a nut the knuckle sticking out and that's rip them this is something we've been doing for damn near 30 years yeah it almost it'd be hard to find a picture of me and jamie where we're not doing this with our hand i'm always either doing a rip them or i'm pointing at someone or i'm doing a thumbs up that's it or maybe i'm i'm flexing and doing a fist like when I was with uh, Scott Norton, we did the flex and the fists, you know, like arm wrestlers do. So now I do do the point a lot. If I'm taking a picture of someone else, I'll point at them. Yeah, but look, I mean, look how lucky this motherfucker is. Uh, Absolutely, <laughs> but it's an amazing hand gesture that Rip does multiple times. I mean, literally every time he enters, every time he leaves, every time he does something in action. He's given the rip. Yeah, it was what when I when I moved to Denver and started uh, transferred to, to the new store, it was all I did for like six months. All I did, no matter what happened, every time I walked away from anybody, I ripped them. And then everybody started doing the rip. Them. They didn't even know what it meant, but it's you got to do it. It's a way. It's a lot. I would say it's a lifestyle. It's not just a gesture, right? It's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, not only that, but it will help you determine, like, who, who needs to be a part of your life. Like, like if you give a rip on to someone and, and they look at you and go, hell yeah, rip them, brother. Then, you know, like, that's somebody you need to start spending time with. Absolutely. All so, right, immediately. Exactly. So I suggest everyone does that, especially when you're leaving a room. Just give a – before you – when you're in the doorway, just turn around and kind of give everyone just, you know, you don't have to say anything. You just, no, just turn around. Rip them, it up, roll out. Let, yeah, let them know it's gonna be all good. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, I mean, speaking of all good, it's Stallone lockup. Yeah, what do you think? That's what I was gonna say. I'm torn as far as hand gestures, gestures go. I mean, I don't know which one's better. I can't talk like that's a whole nother, it may take years to figure that out. Well, I feel like rip them is more for the boys, you know, like your, your buddies or like 
people you don't know, strangers, and give them the rip them. You say, hey, man, you know, rip them, all good. But, uh, you know, Stallone's, it's all going to be good. The lockup over the hand gesture, that's more of a romantic thing. It means everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But you can also do the rip them to let somebody know everything's going to be okay. Like after a business meeting, you know, you don't be around the check clears. You look at everybody, you rip them. It means regardless of what happened, everything's going to be okay. You know, rip them. You know, we're going to rip them either way. Yeah, if this country needs anything right now, it's more rip-ems. It's God damn, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it definitely needs more rip-ems. Uh, that, yeah. I may go protest just to do the rip-em. Just start ripping everybody? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to the podcast ever again yeah. after that statement. Just lock, up. <laughs> just lock up to a riot police and just get the rip-em. And just just rip them, brother. Yeah. <laughs> They're just shooting tear gas at everybody, and fucking people are running around with their eyes falling out because they got hit with rubber bullets and skin up knees, and you're just walking around giving everybody to rip them. Yeah, Rip has just left the office, and um, you know he stormed out. Basically, he gets in his limo, and he's you can tell he's kind of fired up, and the, um, he's he's got some heat. You know, yeah. he's he's worked up. And he looks around and notices that the driver, you know, took a wrong turn. So he yells at the driver. The driver's kind of ignoring him. Takes another wrong turn. At this point, you know, Rip's getting really fired up. He's like, hey, man, you're not going the right way. To which the driver activates armored car mode. Yeah, which was a big thing in the late 80s in limos, I guess. Yeah. And so the limo, the top, just this metal sheet goes over the top. Metal sheets go on the doors. The window to the drivers. This is huge metal sheet, and Rip is trapped. At this point, Rip knows something's up, and yeah. he decides to get them them cowboy boots up and kicks the door. I mean, he's tearing the inside of the limo apart. So he kicks the door with his foot, and this causes a <laughs> bullet holes on the other side. Like the outside of the door is getting small holes, and the from him kicking it and the driver cannot keep it on the road yeah every time he kicks it it's like he's kicking the car so hard it's swerving the car yeah the the driver is like going off of the road crashing into things like do you think the driver kind of looks like matt cole (laughs) yeah well he drives (laughs) like matt cole damn right he does yeah Uh, (laughs) the velocity of these kicks to to caused the car to do that must have been insane mm-hmm. it was i mean i couldn't imagine i mean it'd kick a hole through us and we're goddamn badasses yeah you know what and i mean so, that tells you anything it'd kill anyone else yeah somehow the driver is still able to make it into this garage so he he was obviously instructed by Brell to drive him to this garage where there's like six thugs with weapons just ready to like beat the shit out of them um hogan once the limo stops rip i should say um i guess he just knows it stops and what his reaction to that is he bursts <laughs> through the roof of this bursts through a metal plate in the roof of a car that's like in armor was, mode like he was shot out of a cannon yeah like he's popping out of a birthday cake as a stripper well not even just like he comes like he cut like he like he comes up he shoots out like 10 yeah. feet in the air. Like 10 feet above the car and then lands back on the car, go, like growling. 
like ready to go. He just knows people wanted to fight. I mean, he couldn't see out the windows or anything. No, he knew he was kidnapped. He's so smart. God, he knew he was going to have to fight a bunch of henchmen. Like, just understanding what happened before, how, you know, violent the meeting got. He knew he was in a fight for his life. Yeah. So he starts fighting these thugs, and he's doing nothing but re- literally wrestling moves over yeah. and like, And he's kicking the shit out of them. Yeah, he's clotheslining these guys. He's uh, body slamming them. He throws a couple through windows. I mean, he kills all these guys. And uh, the driver's freaking out at this point. And after Hogan gets done beating all these guys up, the dry he grabs the driver whose pants are soaking wet and the driver's like literally crying rips him out yeah yeah hogan lifts him up in the air and is like growling in his face like viciously growling like yeah yeah, like literally like like, hogan is like dripping sweat at this point and he's just like growling in this guy's face holding him up and hogan smells something Man. <laughs> he, he actually even says, says what's yeah, that smell yeah he stops growling and goes what's that smell and the driver just goes dookie <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do it like <laughs> the driver <laughs> that's literally how he said it and he, he sounded knows. like did he sound like Matt Cole to you yeah exactly yeah. He sounds like Matt Cole when he like he gets out of bed and then he comes back in and he can't get back in bed and the wife was wrong and it's because he's dookie his pants. <laughs> he, dookie. Yeah, the driver's scared to death. He just shit his pants, which the they showed it and it's like literally his whole pants are soaking wet. Yeah, I mean it. He for sure shit his pants in real life. Yeah, which is it's a classic line, probably the one of the most classic lines of this movie. Not breaking kayfabe. It's good. Yeah. And so at this point, <laughs> at this point, um, you know, Hogan's had a long day. He's had a business meeting that he was, um, you know. Uh, he turned down a blank check. Turned down a blank check. The business meeting didn't go well. He had to leave in a, there was a spat. He had to leave. Yeah. He gets kidnapped in a limo. He has to beat the shit out of six guys. He holds a guy up and it shits his pants. And he's sweating profusely through the spandex suit, but he has to go immediately to another meeting. Yeah, he goes to his meeting. And this, this is when I realized... He also doesn't walk in like, hey, guys, guess what just happened? Like, I just got kidnapped. Yeah. This guy shit his pants. <laughs> he just so, rolls in. You know, he's moves all with his day, yeah. He's worried about his brand. And this yeah. is when it shows you, like, that this movie's written by Vince. Because a wrestler is a brand, you know, like how it shows how important Hulk Hogan was to WWF, you know. It made me think a lot about John Cena during this movie, to be honest. Well, also, when a grown man yells dookie, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at this point, so Rips in another meeting, I assume this is with his network or is it with like a like an agency? No, it's with his network, and they're figure, they're trying to figure out how to, you know, how the ratings are with him Uh, and like that's what i'm talking about the brand like his brand his network you know they're working account executive which i I looked up account executive as well there's no pornography but it's a a real job in advertising marketing and finance involving intimate understanding of a client company objectives and products in a professional 
capability to provide effective advice toward creation of successful promotional activities. So I'm it's a legit of the way job. You read that. You read that right there. There's a lot of it good is, words in that. And it didn't sound like you were reading it. You only paused 13 times. Well, those are some big-ass words. But, uh, <laughs> um, it's amazing because I had Google to look that up. I don't know how – well, I guess Vince is a businessman. I guess he knows what account executives are. But Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so this is Samantha Moore, who's the hottie of the movie. Yeah, she and, and you know, Wood. Oh, yeah, um, sure, Wood. Probably one of my first uh, real crushes in life. Yeah, super wood. Um, she's gorgeous, Samantha. Samantha M. Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, she introduces herself to Rip, to which Rip doesn't say a word to her. He just turns around to like three executives and goes, "Sam." <laughs> and then he turns back. Not womanizing at all. No, no deal. Just the eighties. Turns back around <laughs> and says, "Nice to meet you." And then like looks at everybody like, "Oh, like you can tell he wants to fuck her immediately." And yeah, then, oh, like he already fucked her in his mind. Yeah. Well, speaking of, she starts breaking down. We need a three-step plan: merchandise, meet and greets, uh, television exposure. Like she's breaking all this down. Rip is just thinking about fucking. Yeah, that's all he's doing. I mean, he's, he's had a long day. He's trying to drain his goddamn ball sack and something. Yeah, he's you openly I mean? staring at her ass. He's <clears throat> day. He's obviously daydreaming. Yeah. She notices this, to which she says, you know, can you, we get your attention, you know, what do you think about this? To which now you gotta, I know he's had a long day, but he's in a meeting for this purpose, and his response to her is, I don't mean to be rude, but can we talk about this later? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, he just beat the shit out of six dudes. And made a guy shit his pants in yeah. midair. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's had it for the day. But her her response, you know, people aren't mad like, hey, you know, we had this time reserved, you know, this is a meeting. She just says, okay, 8 o'clock, let's go to dinner. Yeah, just out of nowhere. She goes, eight, she goes 8 o'clock, dinner, dressing. Yeah. Which I guess she's worried about what he's going to wear based on what he wore to the business meeting. <laughs> yeah. I would have said don't change. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, she should have been worried about changing into something like what he was wearing. Yeah, exactly, dude. Matching outfits. But they go to a French restaurant. He's wearing a dope-ass white suit. Uh, no yeah. no bandana. One of the few times you'll see Hogan without a bandana in life. Yeah, in life. And, you know, this might be a little segue, but I'm going to be honest with you right now. This movie really got me to thinking about Every time I've ever seen Hogan, when I saw him at Andre the Giant's funeral, he was wearing a suit with a bandana, like a span, like one of the spandex biker headbands. Like, yeah, he wore headband. He wore bandana. He wore headband in court during the steroid deal. He wore a suit and a headband. He wore that bandana deal. Thunder in Paradise at the wedding, he was wearing a bandana. Yeah, so it's like, honestly, regardless of feelings now. There may be he may be the best dressed human of all time. I mean, this I movie alone, yeah. Every outfit he wears in this movie, which we will break down every outfit, but every outfit, and I own most of those outfits. I mean, the only the only outfit that I've ever seen in my life that is as bad as what he as badass as what he wears is Macho Man at the beach. True. 
So uh-huh. nothing you, that might be unbeatable. So it's easy because this is you know this movie's thirty one years old now, which is insane. But um, it's easy because basically for the last twenty years, all you've seen from Hulk Hogan is like he's a giant piece of shit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's his easy. wife just got banned from AEW. <laughs> I know, I saw that. Uh, it's easy to be like, for kind of forget how badass in the '80s Hogan was. '80s Hogan is, I mean, he was my Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, when we were in high school, all we talked about was Hulk Hogan. We 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 failed out of two colleges. Well, maybe you failed out of one. Yeah, but. Um, you helped me fail out of another. We, I mean, everything we did in college was based on what Hogan would do. Yeah, I mean, everyone who had any interaction with us, we talked to about Hulk Hogan too. No matter what, and even started the WWHD movement. What would Hogan do? Yeah, so a lot I, bigger than the WWJD movement. But this movie is a great reminder of how just incredible Hogan was back then. Just, I mean, unbeatable untouchable unbeatable if you don't want to live your life like him you can go to hell yeah you can fucking do the dookie is what you could do (laughs) hulk hogan you can go straight to hell (laughs) Um, the The old bash of the beach 96 tony giovanni you know that tony giovanni now he works for aw on the being the elite show they'd say that all the time yeah yeah, so they're at a french a french restaurant that uh, Samantha picked out. It's like super fancy, and he's she's wearing being nice all food. snooty. And yeah, she's like, you know, I'll pick something for you. The waiter is like, uh, idiot, and he's like trying to. He's like, maybe you like the American or uh, a hamburger American or the foot long hot dog. Here's um, what I have about the waiter. I have waiter dash. I'll knock his ass out. <laughs> yeah, he's like the <laughs> biggest bitch of all time. This waiter. Yeah, what a pussy. <laughs> So they're basically just both like making fun of them. Like this muscle head, you know, doesn't know anything about French food. This jock ass. Yeah. And at this point, the whole kitchen staff, like 15 people come out. And they're like, Monsieur Rip, you know, welcome back. Do you want your usual? Like he's a usual at this French restaurant. This high class, like he knows the owner, the chefs. They love him. Love him. So excited that he's here. To which Rip replies with the most hilarious French accent of all time. Like, <laughs> imagine Hulk Hogan speaking French, and it's a, it's exactly what you imagine. Yeah, it's it's a, not as amazing as him singing in Hulkster in Heaven, but it's pretty badass. Like, how many takes do you think it took to get this? A lot, probably. I mean, I don't know. They may have nailed it. I mean, if they're going to, they may he may have been on that booger sugar after staying up 72 hours. You never know. Yeah, Vince is just like, hey, I need you to reply in French. He's like, fuck it, get, give me a line. Let's fucking do this thing. Yeah, he may have already known French. Who knows? Well, based on how he said it, I don't think he did. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, I think I rewinded it like three times to listen to it. I did too. I was dying laughing. The first time I almost fell off the bed. Yeah. It's, so hard. it's great. Um, so now we go to a hole-in-the-wall bar. Uh, that Brell and his Stooges are going to, and uh, it's like the shittiest bar of all time. I think it's called Sheba Hut. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it is the shittiest bar of all time. I mean, people are taking shit. They're blowing snot rockets on the floor. It's like a bar that 
Benoit would go to and blow snot rockets on the floor. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like the bar like in Roadhouse before Swayze started working there. Yeah, but worse. But worse. And it's like there's like literally like cargo trucks inside the bar. <laughs> there's like people are playing pool. There's like people get tattoos. Yeah, they're but, definitely tattooing somebody. The tables were barrels with yeah. chairs around barrels, which is incredible, actually. But and, but the main attraction was in the center. There was a ring, if you could call it that. It was basically like a mat on the floor with like four posts and like some tires around the posts. And like guys are like legit fighting. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's what they're here for. Braille's like, I want to check these fighters out. Uh, they, go, they go to the waitress which looks like every girl jamie's ever dated uh you know hey man it's uh it's basically what's her name? sherry from road goes on forever yeah dude this girl's <laughs> had a rough go of it yeah she's like she's like snorting the whole time like sherry was a waitress been known to get around you know at the only bar in town this was the only bar in town it was the only bar in town but she's like snort, like she's like sucking back snot the whole time, and like uh, she's literally going, yeah, the whole time. And, yeah, uh, good for her. At least she's not running down her face. She sees Brell and his stooges, which are Broadway and Unger, and they. Yeah. Uh, Broadway's an incredible name, by the way. Yeah, Broadway and Unger were awesome, and maybe the yeah. the vision for Patterson and Briscoe. It's definitely Patterson and Briscoe, the stooges. But they. Um, the waitress approaches them and first asks them if they're cops and then asks them if they're looking for the gay bar, which is yeah. <laughs> the gay bars across the street. Yeah. But she sits them. She goes, I'll sit you up front and let the headbanger straighten your ass out. Yeah. So and, they want, uh, she asks what they want, which at a bar, I think it's fair to order a scotch on the rocks. Like that's not a hard drink. No, it's not. And I forget what the other guy orders, but it also just... He ordered a martini, oh, a dirty okay. martini neat. To which her reply was, I'd like to get laid, relayed, and parlayed. Yeah. But that which, ain't going to happen. Speaking of parlayed, I won $40 today on a DraftKings Sportsbook. I parlayed Russian ping pong. Damn. Yeah. I've been crushing it on ping. Dude, I just cashed out like $600, and the only thing I bet was ping pong in the last two weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what? so so <clears throat> those that don't know, a parlay is where you bet on multiple things and, like, combine them. What, yeah, two what is, or more. What is she, when she says laid, relayed, that's pretty obvious, but what is parlayed? So parlayed, you know, you get laid – you know, you get you get bored out by one person. Relayed is just laid again, you know, by one person. Parlayed is, you know, if you, uh, I guess it's if you <laughs> do a Google search on, um, what, what, what did you Google search earlier that brought up the <laughs> jockass? If you Google search multiple jockasses. Like I'm if just you, gonna... I'm just going to Google search laid, relayed, and parlayed and see what happens. Right now? Yeah. Laid, relayed, and parlayed. I mean, parlayed is, I mean, it's got to be two or more people in a gangbang at least. Oh, it comes up. Definition of laid, relayed, and parlayed. Sexually happy, satisfied, and spent, a.k.a. exhausted. 
exhausted. So, you know, you get laid a couple times, you get parlayed, and then you're just wore Holy out. Shit, the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. I guess uh, a lot of I, I guess a lot of chicks walk away with from the filling station like parlayed, I guess. So that's hilarious to me. So yeah, that's what she says. To which Brell's response was because she says, "I'd like to get laid, relayed, and parlayed, but that ain't gonna happen." To which he says, uh, "I can see why." That's what Brell. Yeah, says. he's he's like I definitely can see why. Yeah, so he just wants beers. And at this point, we meet her brother, who is a fighter. There, it's played by the legendary Stan Hansen, who's a legendary wrestler, one of the greatest. Had um great bouts like good friends of hogan they had some yeah. good bouts in japan and um he has a this, giant shoe in in this movie a huge shoe in the same time big joe's fighting in the ring oh yeah so there's there's a match in the ring going on and they talk about big joe yeah Not, well, i'm just trying to get stan hansen's attention and hansen finally just spits chew on his leg yeah which is you know i mean alligator skinner did it yeah, and he goes, where's the ref? And he's like, oh, the rest at the bar drinking beer. And they're like, what about the rules? And he says, the only rules, there's only two rules. Uh, what is it? Uh, don't kill, like, don't, oh, last man standing and don't kill anyone. Don't kill anyone. Last man standing, don't kill anyone. And by the way, the ref was, what's his ass? Was it, a, it was Joey Morella. Was it really? Yeah, it was. It it definitely was him. It was Joey Morella. Look it up. I'm I don't know if I'm I'm pretty sure it was. He was at the bar with chicks drinking beer. Man, I'll have to rewatch. I didn't really notice. I didn't I didn't notice the referee's face because when they first go to him, he's turned around talking to a chick, and he turns around and he does like this like head shake thing, dude. So there's basically no rules, and um, it's just kind of fight last man standing and. They pay for the beers, and Brel's like, you know, keep Stan Hansen, keep the change if you can beat that guy's ass. And he goes in there, he starts fighting, and like Brel loves this shit. Unger and Broadway have to go to the bathroom at this point, to which they they find the bathroom and it just says VD room. Yeah, and um, they walk in and the urine. It's like one of those. What do you call those urinals? Like a trough urinal? It's a trough. And it's nowadays those troughs have ice in them. Have you seen those? Yeah. Uh, This trough is literally overflowing with urine. It's the one of the grossest things I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, it is is so gross. But they start pissing and they're kind of like making fun of everyone in the bar. And somehow the guy who was fighting while they got up to go to the bathroom is taking a shit now. Yeah, he's and, the guy that jumped in and whooped Big Joe's ass. Yeah, is all of a sudden taking shit, and uh, he gets up and he's like, "You know, you guys talking about me?" They're like, "No, sir." And then he like stares at their dicks, like, like he he gets down. Yeah, we're not just like a glance. He yeah. leans over and stares at it. He's he's dick high with his head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he just goes, well, "What do we got here?" A couple teeny weenies. Yeah, teeny wangers. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so awesome. Yeah, so they both have small dicks. Yeah. He starts dying laughing and leaves. He's like, it's not even worth beating these guys' ass because they got small dicks. 
And uh, Braille, at this point, Braille announces a new show he wants to create called Battle of the Tough Guys, another real creative uh, <laughs> thing. It, it, I mean, I don't know. It, I would watch it. It'd be an incredible show. Yeah, Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> and they, uh, the winner gets $100,000 tax-free. Yeah. and Which I don't know how they can control that. I don't – I think that they – If you give it, it under $10,000 at a time? No, I think he gifts it to himself and pays taxes on it himself oh, and then okay. just makes it a hundred. Or you just write a check, like you can figure out what the taxes are on a hundred thousand dollars and then just write the check for that. So the taxes come out and you get a hundred K. So as he's making this announcement, it's also being radioed out because truckers can hear this. Yeah. I mean, people all over the world yeah. are hearing this announcement. Truckers, iron workers, and they, factory workers. They decide to host this show at the same shitty bar, Chiba Hut. And they, <laughs> they, Brill walks in and they got like cameras and stuff everywhere. And uh, they introduce Brill to the combatters who are like the best names of all time. Yeah. Uh, Brock you, Chisler. Brock Chisler was incredible. I'm more of a, a Bulldog McPherson. Yeah. Fan. Bulldog McPherson was the next guy who was the trucker who was listening. Yeah, and then Klondike Kramer, who was just spraying spraying aerosol over himself. Yeah, he was. I'm not real sure what Klondike Kramer was, but Bulldog McPherson from the Truckers Division. Obviously, everybody knows where this. You know how the podcast feels about truckers. Yeah, dude. I mean, Brell is like firing these guys up. He's like, go in there and kill them, and then he gets to Klondike Kramer, and he's like, "Ah, keep me away from this dude. Um, but all the fighters are badass, and. They're like, I can't tell if it's one-on-one fights that they're just montaging together or if it's a battle royal. I think it's one-on-one fights, but that changes real quick. Yeah, because what happens is, for some reason, in this bar, there's this like, huge like garage door. On the side. Yeah. Maybe it's where trucks back into and load and unload. Like well, a dock. trucks inside the bar, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just drops in the middle of the fight, and we see like – it, Like it's knocked over. Yeah, so we this is where we meet the, 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 the real bad guy, who is Zeus. And uh, Zeus comes in and just starts – it's not a one-on-one fight. He just starts beating the shit out of everybody. He's wearing a prison uniform. He, he, has, lifts. he has one long eyebrow. Or actually, it, it's not even covering half of one of his eyes. Yeah. But it connects in the middle. Yeah, it connects in the middle. For some reason, a waitress comes up and talks shit. Like, oh, yeah. Doing? And he, yeah. he picks no, her up by her for face. For some reason, like everyone's staring at this guy scared to death because he just slammed a door down. Yeah, he knocked down a, a loading dock. Yeah. <laughs> and a waitress walks up the steps and goes, excuse me, sir. Yeah. To which his response and he picks, is he grabs her face. Picks her up by the face, palms yeah. her face like a basketball. Picks her up by the face, yeah. picks her up off the ground by her face, and throws her, and starts beating the shit out of everybody. Uh, Braille loves him immediately, uh, d- declares him the winner. Rip and like his crew are watching this on TV, and Ch- Charlie's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they let him out." Yeah, Charlie knows, and Charlie's old school. You know, he's a yeah. good trainer. He's somebody you, I would have, I would let him train me. Yeah, he says that he used to train him, but he couldn't control him, and he actually killed a kid after the bell, which I guess if you kill him before, it's legal. Uh, yeah, it is legal, 
and he said after the bell, I mean, he rips somebody's hair out and screams. <laughs> yeah, he no sells um, everything. He's like he's badass, and they portray him as being like nine feet tall. Um, yeah, he's and when he came in, when he busted the door down, it was the most like steam. Like it was nighttime outside in the alleyway, standing on a manhole. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was just like he brought the night steam in with him. Yeah, he's badass. He's he's portrayed by Tiny Lister, who is probably most famous for being in Friday. Debo from Friday. Where's your bike, Debo? But uh, he he's a huge guy. But he uh, he wins this tournament. Braille announces him as a winner. My favorite part of all this was if you look. When they're watching it on TV, next to the TV is a picture. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a framed picture of Randy giving the Ripham son. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> it just shows how much he loves his brother. Yeah, which makes me want to take a picture of myself and then frame it and put it up. Yeah. Wasn't Jimmy Hart in that bar? Oh, I don't know. Well, there was, which we didn't mention in that bar, a midget. Yeah, uh, in a cage. <laughs> yeah, above the ring. We're allowed to say midget because this movie took place in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, that's, hey, you got a problem with midget, you're going to have a lot of problems with stuff that goes on in this movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just a, a small He's person. throwing peanuts. In he's a literally cage. throwing peanuts. Yeah, he's got a chalkboard that says smile on it. You know, there's actually, I read, there's a rumor that that was Peter Dinklage. No for, shit. Yeah, for years that was a rumor, but it actually wasn't him. Ah, oh, shit. Well, yeah, so it be him, I guess. If Pete, Peter Dinklage would have had a better career if he was in that movie. Yeah, for sure. The next day, the sports page has a full spread. Uh, like, literally, like, the whole front page of the sports page is this giant picture of Zeus. Who has a Z, yeah. which we didn't mention this. He has a Z like shaved into the side. Like he's bald head, but he has a little. So he has no Z. Yeah, he has no hair. So imagine going to a barber and saying, I want you to shave all the hair off my head except for. Like to the skin, bald. To the skin, like, like clean shaven, everything except for a Z above my right ear. <laughs> yeah, above, like... behind my right ear. Just Z for Zeus. That's all you have. Yeah, it's awesome. And the, it's like a full-page picture, and the headline just says, Zeus, killer or thriller. And uh, Brill comes in, he's like, the overnight saying we, we won number one in the ratings, which, like, you know, back then we didn't realize it was such a big deal. But, like, if you pay attention to professional wrestling now, like, Vince, all he cares about is ratings. Yeah, so, all they care about. You could definitely tell this was a Vince McMahon thing. And, uh, Absolutely. It's hilarious because one of the one of the nerds who works there stands up and goes, you know, we got a bunch of telegrams from our PR department. Like, kids aren't able to sleep, and you know, no one likes this guy. And like, Braille could give a shit less. It's perfect though. It's perfect. It draws. Yeah, they do a second episode. Zeus fights Lug Wrench Perkins, who looks a lot like Slamming Carl Adams. I was about to say the same. The I have that in my notes. He looks exactly <laughs> like Carl Adams. I looked it up. I couldn't figure it out if he was in the movie or not. I couldn't find it. But, man, it looks a lot like slamming Carl Adams. My One of my favorite arm wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Um, the, this time, though, they're not in that – they're not in Chiba Hut. They're in a – like a coal mine. 
they're in like this underground iron factory and Zeus has Goldberg's entrance basically. He walks through Sparks. And Lug Wrench has a legit Lug Wrench. That yeah, a giant a, one. The, like the size of him. Yeah. Um so now uh Sam is waiting for Rip in the limo. They're gonna go on like a weekend, I guess like a press tour or I don't know what it is, honestly. But uh not sure what it means, but he's dressed in blue. Yeah, so this time we we explained in full detail his outfit to the business meetings. Spandex head to toe, spandex bandana, spandex tank, spandex pants, red and black, all matching, gloves yeah. matching. Um, this time, picture same exact outfit, but sky blue and white. Yep. Like literally, same kind of bandana. Like it's a spandex bandana that barely fits on Hogan's head. And it's it's the bandana when he was walking down the aisle when American Made became a thing that he had in his mouth. Yeah, it's that. Remember bandana. that entrance? Yeah, it's that bandana, but it's blue and it's or it's white and it says "Rip 'em." Yeah, and he's wearing a different pair of cowboy boots. These outfits are it's first of all they're amazing, but secondly, it's amazing that he has multiple outfits in different colors. Yeah, it's just so like he went somewhere and goes, I need. 100 outfits in these colors. Yeah, like exact outfits. like Exact outfits. Just make the same thing over and over, just different colors. Pants, shirt, gloves, headband. Yeah. And then I'll worry about the boots. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll buy matching boots. I mean, yeah. incredible outfit. And again, he's going on a three-day press tour, and this is what he's wearing. And he, then uh, they, they stop at the diner. Well, yeah, she says, you know, they're on this private plane, and she's like, you know, my, my company has made all the arrangements. You don't have to worry about anything. He's like, well, I know a really good, nice dinner spot. And he takes her to, like, a shitty roadside diner. Yeah, which I would have been. All right, so this this brought back a lot of emotions for me, this scene, because it just reminds me of, like, wrestlers being on the road, like, being on the road in the 80s, you know, like, yeah, you know, another life. Thing, getting at a diner. Yeah, truck drivers being, you know, you know, it's like you're traveling, you know, as a wrestler, you know, and truck drivers, like, I obviously, you know, I know a lot about, you know, trucking and, uh, and wrestling and, and, you know, like you stop, you know, a diner in every town, every one horse town, you know, the waitress, like that's where you stop, you know, the motels, it's just, it's a goddamn good life. Yeah, it's awesome. They, uh. So <laughs> they go to eat at the shitty diner and the waitress is real familiar with Rip. Like Rip obviously goes there all the time. Her name's Sadie. She's like a, Best sassy, a sassy, uh a sassy African American woman. And uh Are you allowed to say that? Yeah. You are allowed to say African American now? I am. Okay. What's what right. what's more appropriate? Black? I don't know. I just I don't know. That's I was just it was just a a question about the second civil war. <laughs> yeah, but she is like she's literally talking about how bad she wants to fuck Rip. Like if I'm not married, I would be all over this guy. I would it basically she said that if I'm not married, I would rape him. Yeah. And as she's doing this, two guys walk in to rob this place. Now here's my thing about this. These guys come in here with shotguns trying to rob this this diner. Listen, I, I keep saying shitty diner. I love shitty diners. I eat at shitty diners all the time. It's it's my it's honestly I feel at home. It's my favorite place 
Waffle House, uh, shitty diner, like. But one of the perks of shitty diners is you can get the most food ever for like eight dollars. Yeah, there's not a lot of money in the register. Exactly, <laughs> exactly <laughs> my point. Like these guys are coming here to rob this diner. Like, is there not a better option where they are? But you got to look at it from a different aspect, you know. Like, if you know, they're all right. First of all, they're playing Hank Jr. Yeah, so at this point, the they start to and they start to rob it, but but Rips like got a plan, and as soon as his plan goes into action, all my rowdy friends, which is a Monday Night Football song, yeah, just starts playing. But talking to Hank Jr., you know the song "I've Been Down." Yeah, been kicked around, but never out the door. You know, he blew his last twenty dollars on an Oilers football game, and then you know at the end of the song, he had to get some money fast and. So he robbed a liquor store and had to shoot a cop coming out the door. But this is what this is where these guys are. They listen to this Hank song, not all my rowdy friends. So it's I mean, yeah, like these a, guys obviously are in a good place in their life to where they're robbing this diner. No. And when you rob a shitty diner, in your mind when you're at that place in your life, it looks like an easy couple hundred bucks. Yeah, they have no idea that Rip is eating there. Yeah, no idea. And that's just you know, it's just a bad draw. You know, it's yeah. a tough draw. Well, Rip sees these guys, and he tells Sam to get down. He rips a bar stool out of the ground. Which is hilarious. And throws it at one of the guys to where he also just, there's all these pies lined up. He's ground. He throws the bar stool like a javelin. <laughs> yeah, which kind of does nothing. And then there's all these pies lined up, and he starts pieing these guys, to which renders them ineffective. They have shotguns. They have shotguns. He's hitting them with everything. He's throwing things at them. Yeah. He does the classic, like, throws a bar across the whole, or a guy across the whole bar. Slides him down yeah. the bar, breaks everything. Um, he saves the day, but I couldn't help watching this thinking. Well, also, by the way, he saves the day, and when he's done saving the day, he looks at Sam and rip him. He, yeah, he does a rip him, which there's not a better move to do after you stop a robbery. Hell no. Have and, you ever, I mean, when have you, you know, we've stopped a lot of robberies in our lives and every time I've, you know, we've done a rip them. Like I've done a rip them every time I've done, like if you don't do a rip them, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, There's, like we said, it's like he looks at her and goes, Hey, we're, we're clear. Yeah. There's rip no reason them. to stop a robbery if you're not going to do a rip them. Yeah. It's, uh, it was amazing. But then, uh, you know, Sadie's like, thank God you're here, Rip. They all clap for him. But if you look around the diner, he had to have caused more damage than what was in that register. He destroyed the diner. I mean, he <laughs> threw a guy across the bar. He threw another guy into where the grill was and broke a bunch of shit. He broke tables. He ripped a stool. So the first move he did cost as, it cost as much to fix as the money in the register. He ripped a bar stool out of the ground and threw it like a javelin. That, yeah, there's no way that diner stayed open for business. Like, after that, no, yeah, they had to close down. And somehow, neither one of those guys fired a shot. Well, they were rendered ineffective by getting pied in the face. Yeah, it's like the the malt scene in the, the milkshake scene in Back to the Future for Nintendo. Oh, man, that's a hard level. That's, oh, God damn, that's a hard level. Uh, but that's what happens. It's, but I will say it's very enjoyable to watch 80s Hulk Hogan throw pies at two guys with shotguns while Hank Williams Jr. was playing in the background. It was, it was incredible. I just never had realized Hank Williams Jr. played. 
in the background. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I basically stood up. Yeah, it's so great. Um, at this point, they're ready for bed. They go to the hotel that um, Sam's office booked, and they somehow booked one room with one bed, um, to which Sam is kind of not happy about. They kind of argue about it. Uh, Rip is able to make a barrier. Yeah, with uh, athletic tape. Tape somehow he tapes around mirrors and runs it across the room. Drapes yeah, a sheet has over a, it. Over this has a roll of athletic tape. <laughs> what wrestlers or fighters like wrap around their wrists. Yeah, and, and I don't blame him for having that. He needs it. Yeah, at all times. And I mean, it yeah. came in handy right here because it's able to hold a comforter up. Yeah, a heavy '80s hotel comforter. Yeah, so he like basically splits the bed in half. And puts that comforter up. I mean, it's a great idea. It's a gentlemanly thing to do. Absolutely. Um, Hogan, he's over, you know. I mean, she wants to bone him. They want to bone each other, you can tell. They want to bone each other, and he's he's just over. Like, you can't be more over than Rip at this point in the movie. No, and by the way, Rip, his bedtime attire is a tank, a tie-dye tank top. Incredible. With the shortest shorts you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, I have. Here's what I wrote down in my notes. Tie-dye tank top, incredible red shorts, such a gentleman, builds a fort, and does push-ups. <laughs> well, yeah, spoiler alert. So, his outfit's incredible. She's, like, brushing her teeth. Her bedtime attire is straight-up lingerie. Lingerie, like, I'm talking about, like, it's not something you would wear with somebody you don't really know. Yeah. The, the perception is that she just wears this to bed. Yeah. But this is she, this is something you would wear when you have someone old, like people don't when you're married. This. Yeah. Like this is what you don't just wear this when you're in a hotel with a stranger on a business trip. Yeah, she's in the bathroom brushing her teeth. Hogan's like doing mouthwash in the room. He doesn't have anywhere to swallow, and she comes out in the lingerie, and he's yeah. <laughs> like big golf swallows the the mouthwash. She's no big happy. deal. She's kind of happy with the arrangements. They go to bed. Um, she wakes up in the middle of the night, and the whole bed is shaking. I mean, it like you think Rip is just slamming a girl on the yeah. other side. Of the well, the the whole bed is shaking like there's an earthquake, and all you hear is like. <sighs> Like <laughs> hardcore panting. Yeah. And she peeks over the side. And this, I, I was confused here. Maybe you can help me. She, when she peeks over the side, it just shows the, the palms of his feet. Yeah, it shows his heels. His heels, yeah. What? But they're trying to imply, like, what? That was his ass? Uh, by her reaction, she, it looked like she thought she saw his ass. Yeah, it's kind of a weird scene, but uh, it wasn't an awkward scene. They didn't. They may have. Um, this is probably at the point of the, you know, like thirty-six hour mark where they're halfway through the script and they needed to, you know, divvy out some more booger sugar. Yeah. So um, they kind of had a brain fart here, but she's definitely staring at his heels, and she's like, she immediately gets off on his the heels of his feet, which. Whatever, it's rip. I mean, you know, these heels are badass. Also, some chicks might be into that. 
Yeah, it could be in the heels. And, you know, who are we to judge? Exactly. Um, but what he's actually doing is he has his feet up on the bed and he's doing push-ups, which somehow is causing the whole bed to vibrate. Uh, the whole bed. And this actually reminds me, because uh, it's in the middle of the night and he's just ripping out some push-ups. In a, in a uh, thong, basically. Yeah, he's in only his underwear at this point. And they're like briefs. Like eighty, like what some guys wore in the eighties, like like men's briefs, but looks like ladies' underwear, basically. Yeah. And uh, two things came to mind when I saw this. A, it's kind of an asshole move. Like you can easily do push-ups away from the bed. Yeah, but he needed his feet to be elevated because it's harder. I think he's trying to purposely wake her up. Yeah, maybe. But um. My second thought was there's a incredible old DVD that we watched many times, which was Ho- like a best of Hogan collection. Yeah. And one of the scenes was an interview he did in the 80s to where he talks about how uh, Vince asked him something and he goes, yeah, man, sometimes I just, I can't sleep, man. I get all fired up. And my eyes, three in the morning, my eyes wide open. And I got to hang and bang till the sun comes up. Yeah. That's where hanging and banging came from. Yeah. Which I'm, we, if you know me and Jamie, we say hanging and banging all the time. No matter what. I mean, a bar in Colorado made a shirt that says hanging and banging and sold it. And sometimes, I didn't you sleep, yeah, sometimes you can't sleep. You got to hang and bang till the sun you comes up. You got to wake up and hang and bang till the sun comes up. And that's how, and you know. Nothing is more real than that. Which is basically what he's doing right here. He couldn't sleep. He's probably horny from this lingerie. Yeah. And he just had to hang and bang real quick. Yeah, hang and bang till the sun comes up. No big deal. No. But she's upset about it. He uh, finishes up his workout, and he leaps into bed. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm talking like <laughs> he's doing a Shawn Michaels elbow off the top rope, or a Macho Man elbow, you know. When, like, you're, when you're sleeping in a queen-size bed with someone you don't know, and you're trying to be like, you know, half the bed's for you, half the bed's for her, this is not the proper way to get into bed. But, yeah, he leaps as, as high as he can, gets on the bed, it breaks immediately. And she slides on top of them, like rolls down yeah. the bed, like um, like you're rolling. A, I don't even know. Like she just rolls down the bed. Yeah, she's on top of them, and he's like, "Oh, this wouldn't happen if you stay on your side of the bed." Great, great joke. Yeah, broke the ice. To which she tries to slap him, and then uh, like it's his fault. Like he, yeah, like he's you know, he tells her to chill out. <laughs> yeah. and then and then he says uh we don't need this comforter oh, oh you put up more walls than i ever could which is another great line yeah he goes uh he's like i'm she's like where are you going i'm going to go sleep on the couch in the lobby yeah he goes it's got a better sen- i know a couch in the lobby that's got a better sense of humor than you do yeah he's just like she hurt his feelings like he's Honestly, he's just a genuine guy. He's a big dude. He loves his, he loves doing what he's doing. Everybody thinks he's a jock ass, but he really a, he's a genius. He's super. He knows multiple languages. Yeah, I mean, you he's, he's on this trip that she planned. He yeah, he just saved the diner. I mean, he really put the diner out of business, but in his mind, he saved it. Yeah, and he stopped. You know, he he's over as fuck. He's having a good time. They get to the hotel. 
There's only one room with one bed. It's not his fault. No, they her company booked the hotel. Yeah. And he makes the best of it. He creates the barrier. Uh, you know, he he doesn't like hit on her. He's he uses that sexual aggression to hang and bang. Yeah, he just wakes up, hangs and bangs till the sun comes up. The only, the only real bad thing is he leaps in bed like that. He did as a six, six nine, three hundred twenty pound man. He jumped six feet off the ground and landed on the side of a bed, and it broke. You know that it just is what it is. It happens. All right, guys, that was part one. This is another classic. Two-part episode. We had so much info on one of our favorite movies. It's going to take us two weeks to cover everything. Join us next week. We will talk about the end of this movie and uh, talk a little bit about some other things. So hope you enjoyed it. As always, check us out on Instagram, Twitter. We're trying to get better about our social media. Uh, Jamie's got a Facebook page coming, so... Make sure and check all that out. See you next week.